With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Friday, June 5th. Friday, that is two days past Wednesday or hump day, which is the other good day of the week. We are, well, we have quite the show for you. My name is Bart. This is telegraphlocal.com's new podcast, Unredacted, to where we bring you factual information and we talk about it. We have a little bit of opinion about it. Um, this is a, a place to where we cannot be, we have the ability to not be nothing but factual. Telegraphlocal.com itself is nothing but factual news, factual headlines, factual data, factual everything. Uh, unredacted this podcast is a way for us to kind of go a little deeper into it and and throw some ideas around share some opinions kind of get to the bottom of some of the things and and understand more in detail what is really going on with the world so we're going to have today is going to be a day to where we do not discuss the riots the protesting and the looting we're going to have a protest riot looting free day here there's tons of other news to cover other than that so i thought we would catch up on it from what's been going on throughout this week, because we've only been really to cover the major topic this week, which obviously has been all the looting and the protesting going on. Now, we'll probably be talking about that again on Monday, because obviously the weekend's coming, and the weekend is when it tends to get a little crazy out there when it comes to all the all the protesting. I know it's quelled a little bit in, in most of the cities. Uh, New York is still kind of kind of heavy, D.C. as well. That being said, today's show, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about Ahmaud Arbery. Some new details and facts that have come uh, to light in reference to the two suspects, Gregory, Gregory McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael, as well as with the videographer uh, of that horrific incident that happened several months ago. We have, uh, we have some news about Pat Robertson and him, what he had to say about Donald Trump, so that's going to be uh, interesting. We have stuff everywhere. We're going to go ahead and kind of dive into it. 
uh, with the breaking stuff that we have today, Buffalo police suspect suspend two officers over video showing elderly man pushed to the ground. So rather disturbing. I did watch the video. It's hard to find. You might be able to find it on YouTube. They've censored it or they've taken it down since. But if you put in that topic, you should be able to find it. And the gist of it is there was the police were trying to push away some protesters from Buffalo, New York's Niagara Square, which is a, a rather large square in downtown Buffalo. I've been there before. You can't miss it. It's a place where in the summertime, a lot of people kind of hang out. They read books. They eat a lot there. It's kind of a, it's a fun place where the, the community gets together and just, you know, everyone relaxes and enjoys their, their lunch break or their weekends. Um, they have shows and stuff there. They have, I've seen bands there before. So it's, it's really a, a big a communal kind of community meeting place. So they had a group of a huge cluster of protesters and the Buffalo police department was trying to push them back to get them away from the park. And doing so there was this older, older man, uh, I believe his age is 75 years old. His name has not yet been released. So we don't know what his name is. I'm sure as this, and this continues on for the next week or two, that, will, uh, that name will, will come out. He actually walks up. He approaches the police, and he tries to talk with the officers. Now, no one knows what he was trying to ask them or even what he said because no one could hear it. And chances are we're not going to get the, the, the entire story from the Buffalo Police Department. So he walks up, and this guy, you know, he's 75 years old. He's tall, thin, kind of gait, you know, um, and he – Go to speak to one of the officers. Well, one of the officers or somebody, let me rephrase that. Someone, we don't know if yet if it's a police officer or if it was someone from the protest crowd or somebody else, a bystander. We don't know. Someone yelled, push him back. Again, we don't know exactly who did that, but someone yelled, push him back. So one of the police officers then raises his baton, kind of walks towards the man, and then pushes his chest. Well, of course, this 75-year-old man fell to the ground backwards. He fell down, and he became unresponsive. Blood started coming out of his ears. As that was happening, the other police officers just walked past him leisurely, like nothing had happened. Buffalo Police Department's initial statement was that one person was injured when he, quote-unquote, tripped and fell in a skirmish between police and protesters. But minutes later, the local TV station up there in Buffalo, WBFO, shared a video of the incident prompting an internal affairs investigation. Police Commissioner Byron Lockwood suspended the two officers virtually immediately. So I'm not sure it said suspended two officers. We don't have a lot of information yet on the story, so I'm just giving you the basics now as we hear them. Uh, as it develops, I'm sure we'll have more information for you. We'll follow up on the story again next week. I'm sure there'll be much more to follow up on with this when all the, the alleged facts come to light and we hear more about it. So basically what you have is you have – the way they stated that – this is my frustration with it. Buffalo Police Department's initial statement, okay, this was so frustrating, is they tried to lump a 75-year-old man. If you look at the video, he is not with the protesters. Maybe he was with the protester group. I don't know. But at this point in time, he's detached well away from the protesters, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet, if not more. When he walks up to the officers to, to talk to them, to discuss with them, to, something, to share something, I don't know. We don't know what he was doing. But their initial statement says that one person was injured, which is true. He was injured when he tripped and fell, which he obviously did not trip and fall. So that's a blatant falsehood. That's a lie. And that was probably taken from 
the police officer's initial interview where they said, oh, yeah, he tripped and fell. They, maybe at that point in time, the officers didn't know there was a video of it, although police officers today should know there's always a video of something. You always, always understand that you are probably being videotaped by something, someone, some surveillance camera somewhere. They should know that, especially when you're talking about a, of, a, a crowd of protesters. You know, half of them have their iPhones up. And they're taking video of everything, waiting for something like this to happen so they can report it. Because as of right now, the, the way the tone in the United States is, is that it's us against them, right? It's, it's, the, it's the citizens against the police department. That's the tone right now. Now, I don't agree with that. I don't believe that's true. I think there's bad seeds in every type of, of job, career, uh, and society. But that doesn't mean that all the police department is against all of humanity. It's just, it makes no, no sense. But – the initial statement is, is crap, to be honest with you. That he tripped and fell in a skirmish between police and protesters, which I guess he was between the police and the protesters, but he was far away from the protesters. He was much closer to the police. Minutes later, local station WBFO showed a video, and that is when that, that prompted Commissioner Byron Lockwood to suspend the two officers. So, again, without the video, without the video, none of this would have come to light, right? Just like uh, Ahmaud Arbery, right? And just like what happened last week, or probably a week before last, in the, in, the, in the incident that we're all protesting over. And I mean we all, because we all are. This means all of us aren't on the street corners, yelling with signs, screaming, throwing rocks and bottles and stuff, and throwing Molotov cocktails and spray painting stuff. doesn't mean we're all not just beyond pissed at it. You don't have to be on the street corner with a sign to protest something. The man who has not yet been identified and was in a, quote, serious but stable condition, unquote, at the Erie Medical Center. We have a 75-year-old man who was shoved down by police, who laid on the ground bleeding out of his ear. The police walked over him. He was later taken to Erie County Medical Center. So that's what we actually know about, about it so far. I'm sure, again, we'll know more. Governor Cuomo jumped in. Obviously, Governor Cuomo is the governor of New York State. Governor Cuomo tweeted, the incident is wholly unjustified and utterly disgraceful. I've spoken with Buffalo at Mayor Byron Brown, and we agree the officers involved should be immediately suspended pending a formal investigation. We all agree on that. So that's what's going on right now in Buffalo, New York. You may have already heard something about it. Uh, I I implore you, if you can find the video and if you can stomach watching it, watch the video because you'll get a much much better understanding, as did I, to the seriousness of this. You know, it's funny in today's state that, as I mentioned before, that police officers think they can just do whatever they want and not be held accountable for it when all of them assume that you're being video recorded. And what happened to body cams? You know, body cams are supposed to be the big thing. You know, by 20, well, I think they said by 2016 or something, every police department in the United States were going to have body cams. Where are the body cams? How come this wasn't recorded on the police officer's body cam? Well, you're, 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 you're at a crowd protesting. You're not going to wear a body cam? Seems to me you'd want one. Extremely, extremely frustrating with that. So right now we have a 75-year-old man Stable but serious condition at a hospital in upstate New York and Buffalo. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you guys think about that. It would it would it would really frustrate me. I think you know we're at a, a part uh, we're at a place where we have a heightened sense of awareness when it comes to police activity and tactics now, especially with everything going on for obvious reasons. So I assume that there's going to be a lot more stories like this hitting the news. Now this the the, the man that we just talked about was a white guy. He wasn't black. He was white. Um, me personally, I don't see where that matters. Um, I choose not to look at skin color, and I think 
a vast majority of people do. But it was it was noted in the article. It was specifically said that he was a white male. So I wanted to bring that up to make sure we got all the, the details to you. That being said, um, as you can see, white or black, the police officers are, are, are being violent. Not, let me rephrase that. Not all police officers, but there are bad seeds out there. There are bad seeds out there that who are cops who, that we need to, to, to get rid of. I don't know how that can be done what the what the, the the route that be taken to do that but it's obvious uh, maria bowser in washington dc yesterday cited the third amendment right now so we all know the national guard is in dc the dc national guard is there and there's national guard from out of state one of these states is utah in dc maria bowser who is the mayor of washington dc who a lot of people call bow wow as as, as kind of a joke um she has said that she wants Utah National Guard out of Washington, D.C., and she cites the Third Amendment. Okay, the Third Amendment is pretty much no military can force their way into someone else's house, into someone else's dwelling, and occupy someone else's dwelling. That's in a nutshell what the Third Amendment is. I'm not going to read it verbatim. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I didn't look it up for this. It's kind of pointless. I know the Third Amendment. Most people probably do. What it virtually means, this goes back to times of, of colonial days when British would, would come into the United States and they would just literally walk into people's houses and they would sit there and they would occupy it. And they would, they would expect you to feed them and, and, and give them a place to sleep, so on and so forth. The Third Amendment came around because of that. So what she's arguing, Third Amendment, she's saying that Utah, the National Guard in Utah, which, by the way, can be called in with federal consent. So that's not wrong. The National Guard under federal jurisdiction can go anywhere they want. It's a branch of the Army. Okay, so her argument that Utah National Guard needs to leave simply because they're in D.C. They're not in people's houses, right? They're not, they don't walk in the, in the front door and knock on people's front door and just walk in with their guns pointed at them. That's what the Third Amendment means. That's what you can't do. The Third Amendment doesn't mean that that the president, under times of great distress or great disaster, cannot call in a National Guard from another state to occupy or to be in another state or city. But she's arguing the Third Amendment is something that she can use in order to kick the Utah National Guard out. I think it's nonsense. I think it's, it's, it's complete horse poo, if you ask me. But I don't know what you guys think of that. I don't know what you guys think. I'm sure, as usual, I'll get tons of emails after we got there. By the way, I wanted to bring that up, too. We are reached. This is the end of our second full week. We reached 102,000 downloads this morning of Telegraph Local's new podcast, Redacted. Thank you so much. I don't want to say that a million times over. I know I said it a couple times yesterday. But in less than two weeks, we have gotten 100,000 downloads of this program, and I cannot tell you how thankful we are and how much we love and respect everyone out there listening to the show. Thank you so much for the support. Guys, we have to go to a quick commercial break. As always, when we get back, we've got tons more to talk about. We're getting to uh, Ahmad Arbery and a couple other things. There's some stuff you guys need to know. Uh, so please stay tuned. We'll be back in about 90 seconds.
This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. Hi right, guys, welcome back from the quick commercial break. And I'm sorry, I meant to say 100,000 downloads, not 1 million if I misspoke earlier, my fault. Still, at the end of our second week, we're at 100,000 downloads, which is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I want to keep it up. Thank you guys so much. Um, so before I go into Ahmad Arbery, which I think is really important to talk about, a bunch of new stuff has come up in reference to the case uh, about what was said shortly after the shooting of Ahmad Arbery by Gregory McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael. I think Travis McMichael is the one that said it. But before I, I have some happy news here on my notes. Hear that? Those are my happy notes. Today was, um, was a wonderful day on Wall Street. The Dow is up 700 points. And this is basically because things are reopening. Society is getting back to normal. I do want to note in this that if you look at the timeline of all the recessions in history, this is literally the shortest re- recession ever, ever. Now, was it really a recession? I don't believe so. I think it was more, more uh, a pause than a recession. But it's being billed as the shortest re- recession in history, and I kind of agree with that. If this is going to be looked at as a, a recession point, then it was definitely only about, what, 75 days long, something like that. U.S. added 2.5 million jobs in May. It added 2.5 million jobs in May. Unemployment dipped to 13.3%, which was well over 20% just a couple weeks ago. It's the biggest job gain in history. The gains were in construction, leisure, and travel. Now, I want to be upfront too. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm skating over the recovery. Understand that most of this is because people are coming back, employees are coming back from their furloughs. So they're getting back to work. So what you're not, you're, you're seeing the economy jumpstart or restart. Uh, we're not coming from a, a period of a recession where it's lasted a couple of years like we had with the housing crash to where it took time. So I really don't feel it's a real recession, but, you know, they seem to want to call it that. So we'll jump in with that and call it that. If that's, if that's the word you want to use, fine, use recession. I guess what I'm getting at is, is all the unemployment is still 13.3%. Look at all the states that haven't opened back up yet. Look at all the restaurants and bars. Hospitality is a huge part of the economy in this country. Huge part. We have almost what? I would, I, if I remember the numbers correctly, somewhere around 17 million people work in hospitality directly. And that's hotels, that's bartenders, that's servers, that's cooks, so on and so forth. Not to mention the companies that support those industries. 
such as uh, linen exchanges, um, suppliers of kitchen utensils and kitchen stuff. Um, I can go on and on with a list of that. But so although we're still, you know, unemployment dipped to 13, 3.3%, so it's way down, it's still very high. But it's very high for a reason, and that reason is getting ready to be fixed. So as soon as all the other states open back up, like New York's a big one, it's getting ready to open back up. Uh, D.C. has a fairly large economy. Chicago has a large economy. Uh, L.A. has a large economy. Once things get open, back open to full force, we're going to see it sink back down. So I don't feel, in a long shot, and I've said this before, I don't think we're going to see the type of reaction that we would had we had a long-term recession in place because the jobs were already there. They just were put on pause. Now, are there all the jobs going to be there? No. I, I believe at the last numbers, um, was it 50%, I believe, 48 or 50%? Uh, bankruptcies, restaurant bankruptcies. Fifty um, percent of restaurants were, were filing bankruptcy. So you're looking at half the restaurants file bankruptcy, but that depends on the type of bankruptcy. Okay, it could it could be a reorganization where they're planning on staying open. They're just pretty much wiping off all their debt from before, which I would assume would be the smart way. It gives them a clean slate. So that being said, the economy is actually in really good news, in really good shape. This is off the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and for those of you who don't know what the Dow Jones is, a lot of people don't. It's, it's not because you're, you're dumb or intelligent or, or in between. A lot of people don't know because they've never been on that side of the world. They've never been in that business where they need to know. They just hear the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and they know that it's, it's tied to something, right? Let me quickly tell you what the Dow Jones Industrial Average is so you understand moving forward when people say, oh, well, the Dow had its biggest day since blah, blah, blah. It's important because the Dow Jones, it's, it's the DHJIA is the Dow Jones Industrial Average, right? All this is an index, and what they do is they take the 30 largest publicly owned companies, they call them blue chips, that are trading on the stock exchange, New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ, and that's where they get the averages from. Very simple, okay? Dow Jones itself, it was named after, I want to say, Charles Dow, um, who created an index back in, I want to say, 1896, and then he had a business partner named Edward Jones. Obviously, we've heard that name before. That's where Dow Jones the name comes from. It was under a tree, actually. Um, so kind of cool. Anyway, um, the NASDAQ today is also within a few points of its all-time high. Small business bankruptcy is up nearly 50%. Um, it will take time to get back to the 3 or 4% unemployment, which was historically low unemployment, the best in history. It will take time to get back there, but we're going to get there. On another positive event, AstraZeneca, which is a big drug maker, AstraZeneca, AstraZeneca aims to produce 400 million doses of coronavirus vaccine by September as they are ending stage three of trial. So they have a vaccine put together that right now is going through FDA approval, but they feel so positive about it that they're actually starting to manufacture this and ramp it up. So when it does clear FDA approval, they'll have 400 million doses available to immediately start treating. So in other words, we have this up and going in September, that is literally the fastest we've ever had a vaccine made to a flu or virus. We originally told it would be 18 months, and we also know now that it could be two shots. The vaccine would be two shots. The first would introduce the virus, and the second would be introducing the immunity. So that being said, I want to get this stuff out there. I think it's important we heard that stuff today. I'm really excited about AstraZeneca. Uh, getting together and having what they really feel. I think they're putting hundreds of millions of dollars into this, but they're already starting to manufacture doses. 
So I think they really feel like this is going to work. Their tests have worked. Um, they've done some human tests already. They're getting ready to move into stage three, which is more human testing. Uh, so it's going to be really cool. So Ahmad Aubrey, very sad case, um, extremely frustrating and very scary. Um, for you, those of you who don't know Ahmad Aubrey, Ahmad Aubrey was an African-American man who was jogging through his neighborhood. He was in jogging attire. He, as he's jogging by, he sees a house under construction, right? Out of curiosity, he walks in to take a look. I think we all do that. When houses go under construction or being remodeled in my neighborhood, when I'm out walking or jogging, I always stop and look in, just like when houses are for sale. If they look vacant, I'm going to walk up and look in the window because I'm curious. I'm curious to see, I'm sure a lot of people are, how much they're asking for, what condition it's in. It gives me a better idea of, of what you can get for your money. Anyway, Ahmad Arbery was jogging along. He stops at his house. You know, this house is under construction. There's no doors or anything on He walks in for a few minutes. He looks around. He walks out, right? Does nothing to it. Leaves. He starts jogging. All of a sudden, these two guys in a pickup truck, two white men, drive up, and they block him. They get out with guns. They start arguing with him. Then they shoot him. It took months and months. So this is a video of this, okay? This, this video has been around for months. Unfortunately, for some odd reason, the authorities didn't charge them until the video came to public light, until it was given to a news station, and it was aired, and people could actually see this. Within a matter of days, the two defendants, which were father and son, Gregory McMichael and his son, Travis McMichael, were then arrested by authorities. It's funny their mugshot, too. If you look at their mugshot, they look almost identical, right? I mean, one's obviously a lot younger, but they had the same... Oh, no, it's like the eyes are identical. Just everything, it's, it's, it's just, it's creepy. Um, anyway, that being said, William Roddy Bryan told investigators he overheard Travis McMichael. Now, this is someone attached to the case, Mr. Bryan, told investigators he overheard Travis McMichael. Now, Travis McMichael is the son of Gregory McMichael. Use a racial epithet after fatally shooting a black man in Glen County, Georgia, in February, according to court testimony Thursday by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. They claim that he yelled a racial slur. Now, I'm not going to tell you what the last part of the racial slur is. It starts with an N. It was two words. The first starts with an F. First word starts with an F. The second word starts with an N. So we can already gather what was said. Brian told law enforcement officials that Michael uttered those two words after shooting Ahmad Arbery three times with his Remington 870 shotgun and prior to police arriving on the scene. So he shot this guy, this guy literally jogging down the street, minding his own business, not bothering anybody, shot him three times, three times with the Remington 870. I don't see where any of that makes sense. What doesn't make even more sense is it took so long. Now, apparently, the... They never gave a real reason why it took so long for them to get arrested, right? We, we probably know why. I'm not going to fill the blanks in there, but I'll tell you that Gregory McMichael himself was an investigator for the local sheriff's department there. So I don't know. I don't know. I think that might have had something to do with it. I'm not really sure, but hmm, makes you think and wonder, doesn't it? Richard Dowell, special agent with the GBI, with the, which is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and the lead investigator in the case was asked if there was evidence that McMichael had used the N-word at any other time he responded. Mr. Dial, Investigator Dial's response was, yes, sir, many times. 
McMichael, along with his father, Gregory Michael and Brian, Brian was the one, William Roddy Brian, who was, if I believe correctly, doing the videotaping. So you not just had uh, the two McMichaels, Gregory and Travis, shooting this guy. You had, you know, Brian, Mr. Brian Roddy, apparently. You had Raul Roddy, good old Roddy, following behind them in a the pickup truck to film it. I mean, how much sicker can you get? How much more disgusting can you get? You plow a guy down a broad daylight for, for driving through a neighborhood because he's black and you're white. You don't like a black man jogging through your neighborhood in an a allegedly white neighborhood. It's sad. It's frustrating. Uh, it, it makes you – know, I, I got to admit, it gives – unfortunately, the vast majority of, of the population, the vast majority of white people alone would never do this. And obviously, it's because it rarely happens. But it does happen. And it's sad because it really gives – Unfortunately, all white people have bad name, and it shouldn't, and it's ridiculous that it does, but it still does, and I don't agree with that. Uh, I, I don't agree with the fact that, that since I'm white, I can be considered as someone racist. You know, I'll tell you a quick story, too. Back in 2012, I was, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I was walking down the street towards my apartment, and I was approached. I didn't see them coming. I was at the, end of the, at the end of the story, I was shot in the face twice by two gangbangers who then robbed me of my wallet, my cell phone, and some other stuff. Um, I have implants today because of it. My entire jaw has a steel mesh under my skin because of it. Uh, my, I actually stopped, my heart stopped beating twice in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. And this is a totally true story. It happened in 2012. Uh, it was on the news and everything. And my heart stopped beating in the ambulance. I think I was 32 years old at the time. But it's this is the issue is that alone should give me a reason to hate people, right? But why would I? Why would I hate a different race for the actions of two people? Why would I hate an entire race because two people, two black people, decided to sneak up behind me, put a gun to my face, and pull the trigger, and leave two bullets in my head, and leave me in an ambulance on a stretcher? where they literally had to bring me back to life twice. It was a horrible event, but I don't hold all black people accountable for that. I understand that almost all black people would not do that. And I understand that the vast majority of black people are not racist, just like the vast majority of white people aren't racist. So I think for white people to be held accountable, all white people to be held accountable for the actions of a couple is kind of stupid. It makes no rational sense. I think it's a shame that that's what's going on in the country right now, and it, it needs to end. It needs to stop because there's no sense in it. You know, there's no sense in this in this uh, tribal uh, understanding that it's white against black or black against white or Hispanics against you know Asians or so on. So it's just, it it doesn't really exist. It's not there. It's faux. It's not reality. But for some odd reason, that's what we're hearing these days. No one's coming out and saying it, but that's what everyone means. And it makes no sense. The McMichaels, I think, are going to spend a very long time in prison. Um, if not, get the death penalty. And I think they should. I think that was premeditated murder. I think when they got in that pickup truck that day with their Remington, their intention was to kill him. Their intention was to find a reason to kill him. And when Ahmad Arbery lunged at someone holding a, – unarmed, Ahmad Arbery lunged at someone holding a gun at him, 
you know, that was their reasoning. Oh, he lunged at me. Well, why were you there to begin with? I mean, you know, if they don't get the death penalty, I don't know. I don't know who else more deserves the death penalty than these two yahoos, uh, Gregory McMichael and Travis McMichael. I, I don't get it. But that being said, we have more to talk about, guys. We have to take another quick commercial break. I'm sorry for the commercial break, but every 15, we got to take them. We'll be back in 90. Stay tuned. We still have quite a bit to talk about. We're going to talk about um, all kinds of show notes I have today that I need to finish up with. Uh, we're also going to talk about Pat Robertson and his little feud with Donald Trump. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be back shortly. This podcast is brought to you by Telegraph Local, telegraphlocal.com, the web's only real opinion-free breaking news platform. At Telegraph Local, our team reports and delivers real facts for real reporting. In this day and age, facts are extremely important. Facts matter. Real news matters. The only real place to find these facts is on telegraphlocal.com. So if you, like many, many, many others, are tired of the same misconstrued reality of the world and of the current aggressive political landscape, come on over to telegraphlocal.com. We'd love to have you. Read, comment, share. Telegraph Local, your opinion-free news headquarters. All right, guys, welcome back to the second half hour of Telegraph Local's new podcast, Unredacted, where we take factual news and we put some opinion with it. Go to telegraphlocal.com, and you can read the actual factual news that we post there every day. We post an average of 8 to 16 new news articles every day that are factual information from news coming on around the world, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Please head over to telegraphlocal.com, check out all of our news. I guarantee you will see a drastic difference between our news and a lot of the other news you're reading out there at this time. So this just came in, and I wanted to go over this real quick. Mayor, the mayor of L.A., in the first press conference this morning, decided that he was going to reduce the funding to the police department by $125 million, more than 10% of what the police department in Los Angeles uh, receives every year. I don't know really what to say about this other than why. Why are you going to reduce the amount of cops that you have when, as of right now, you need more? I agree completely that police officers need some retraining. I believe that you need to go through, and anyone who has had any type, any type of complaint force against them needs to go. Clear them out now. Keep the good ones. Hire some new ones to replace the bad ones that left. Un, un, undisputably, that's what needs to happen. Everyone knows that. 
But the fact that you're taking 10% of your police department away in Los Angeles, of all, I've been to Los Angeles. Los Angeles is a city that is off the chain. I've driven past Skid Row. I've seen the homeless people. I've seen the crime. I've seen the drug use. And you want to defund, remove $125 million of funding to a police department. You're blaming the entire police department for the actions of one or two. What do you think that's going to do? Think about that. You're removing protection. What do you think the citizen? What are the citizens going to do now? What are the citizens going to do now when they don't have a police department to call? Or when they call 911 because someone's breaking into their house and there's a 20-minute wait to get a cop on, the, uh, on scene? Or they, they call 911 and get put on hold. So you're not punishing the police department. You're punishing the citizens for the actions of a couple bad cops. Minneapolis, Minnesota is calling for the disbandment of the entire police department. City council is backing this idea. They want to get rid of the entire police department. If that's not pure insanity, I don't know what is. Think about that. The next time a citizen in Minneapolis needs a police officer, there's not going to be one there. But these are the people that you vote into office, and you'll keep voting them into office. For what reason, I don't know. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That's crazy. That's like, I don't even know what to, what to compare that to. You know, that's like firing your, firing your doctor because he tells you to lose weight. Police departments are, look, I don't, I don't like police officers either. A lot of people don't, but they're, they're necessary to maintain order in society. If you don't have order in a society, you have no society. And your answer to this, instead of retraining police officers and weeding out the bad ones and replacing those bad ones with good ones, your solution is just get rid of all police. So what are you going to do the next time there's a riot and there's no police officers protecting the state capitol building? What are you going to do, get on your knees and beg not to be shot, stabbed, hit with rocks and bricks like all the other cops have? Just ridiculous. It's just ignorant, man. Ignorant. I don't care. Just because you're Republican or just because you're Democrat doesn't mean that you have to side with stupidity. Dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I just I don't get it. I mean, when, it, the, the madness is crazy. Joe Biden's campaign said that Tempe, to Joe Biden himself, pardon me, a couple of days ago when he gave a talk, a lecture, a speech, whatever you want to call it, said that he believes that 10 to 15% of Americans are not good people. Now, he didn't say color-wise. He said that 10 to 15% of Americans are not good people. So what are you saying? It doesn't matter your race, your creed, your nationality, nothing. But that 10 to 15% of you are just bad people. Just bad people. So the next time you're in a restaurant and there's 100 people in there, just, just know that 10 to 15 of them are bad people. Complete lunacy. It's just lunacy. It's just, it's just, it's just wow. And, and, and people roll with it. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just like, it's like people follow some figures as gods, like they are gods. Like anything they say is accurate and correct. Or that you know not everything they say is accurate and correct, but you still believe it. This false sense of understanding, this, this you know, you're faking yourself out, and you know it. You just don't care. You believe that someone else is so bad 
that you have to believe somebody else in order to make a decision, even though you know it's not the right decision, because somebody else might be bad. God, man, I tell you, some days when I go through the news, it baffles me. Pat Robertson, televangelist Pat Robertson, 700 clubs around for years. My grandma used to watch him every day like clockwork. Pat Robertson. I grew up in a small, in a small farming community. That's how it is, Bible Belt kind of thing. You know, and that's fine. Look, I don't have anything against Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson, you know, people believe in religion, and that's fine. I was raised Catholic. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm Catholic today, and that doesn't necessarily mean I believe in in the, the Catholic creed, or that doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of questions about religion in general. But that doesn't mean I don't respect religion or the right for people who do believe it to practice it. It's a necessity. Religion is not necessarily a bad thing, and sometimes it's not a good thing. But it's still important in the lives of, of those who want that type of lifestyle, that type of belief, <clears throat> they have a right to do that. Just like non-believers have a right not to believe. Just like Muslims have a right to be Muslims with their beliefs. Televangelist Pat Robertson on Tuesday condemned President Donald Trump's response to the nationwide protest over the death of George Floyd and police brutality, saying, you just don't do that, Mr. President. His comments come amid criticism of police tactics to use to clear out a crowd of peaceful protesters near the White House Monday ahead of Trump's walk across the square they had been protesting in and photo op in front of St. John's Episcopal Church. Now, we all remember that St. John's Episcopal Church was almost burnt to the ground. We also know now that some of those protesters, we'll use that term lightly, were throwing bottles of water at that time towards the fencing and towards the officers that were standing in line in front of them before it was cleared out. Okay, we know that. We also know now factually that tear gas was not used. That was a false report. That was a false claim. That was inaccurate reporting. Tear gas was not used. Flashbang grenades were used, but tear gas was not deployed. Okay, so the real question here is, did Trump have the authority to do that? Yes, he did. He has the authority to clear an area, just like police have the authority to enforce a curfew, no matter where you're standing. Just like when people are protesting and police block off the streets so they can walk down the streets, right? They have an area for the protesters to be. If those protesters get out a line or off the street or out of the designated area, they, they corral them back into the designated area. So there's no doubt he had the ability and the right to do that. But was it the right call? Was it the right call for him to do that just so he could go take a photo op? You know, that is the question here. Was that the right thing to do? To be honest with you, and some of you, a lot of you disagree with this program. I don't think it was the right move for him to do. I don't think that he should have done that. I agree that the protesters should not have been around a church that they tried to burn down the night before, because obviously you can't trust, maybe not the protesters, but that, let's use Joe Biden's terminology, those 10 to 15 percent of people, you can't trust to be around a church that they tried to burn down the night before. And let's not forget, they spray-painted monuments, the Lincoln Memorial for one, the bathroom in the park, and I know that park well. I lived in D.C. for seven years. That park has a bathroom in it that they spray-painted all, all over the place. 
they, BLM and all kinds of obscenities and other stuff. They spray paint all over it. So you can look at it in two ways. He was trying to clear that out so he could have a photo opportunity, which is obviously what he was doing. You know, just like the bunker thing. I mean, you know, Trump frustrates me sometimes. I mean, he irritates the hell out of me because he, he does say things sometimes that aren't true. And I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. You have to admit that he does. Like when he was pushed down to the bunker, right? He had to go down to the bunker the other night. Or, or reports came out that he, during the big protest on Saturday night, that he was forced into the bunker, right? The bunkers in the, in the basement of, of the White House is where presidents go to be safe when there is an imminent threat. But he first came out that he was put in the bunker. Well, then he comes out and says, oh, no, I wasn't forced down there. I was told that it might be a good time for me to go down there to take a look at it. I mean, come on, man. What rational person believes? And that goes back to what we were talking about before. Just because somebody in a certain party says something and you might be a member of that party doesn't mean that you have to believe it and doesn't mean that you have to defend it. Because I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, it doesn't matter. The problem we have in today's society is that we think because we vote one way or are a member of a certain party, that we always have to agree and get along with what that certain party does. And that's why we have the, the crap that's going on now. Because Democrats think, well, we have to support the rioting and looting because we're Democrats. Republicans say, well, we have to support the president because we're Republicans. No, you don't. Use common sense. Whatever happened to common sense? You have to remember common sense? You know, I was a child in the 80s. I remember my grandparents, great people, wonderful people, amazing people. Before my grandfather died, this was uh, 2012, I believe, 2013, he said something to me. We were talking about a news program that came on, and I was at the nursing home with him. And, you know, he had, a, he had like a private residence at the nursing home. He wasn't, he wasn't um, on the floor that needed constant attention. He just had an apartment in the nursing home. Um, and I made a comment about it, and he looked at me and said, he said, I tell you what, son, this is not the world I grew up in. And that really makes you think, what has transpired between our greatest, our greatest generation, the men and women who fought in World War II, both in combat and not in combat, and today's society, for him, who was a member of the greatest generation, to tell me, his grandson, that this is not the world he grew up in. I don't know, guys, but you know, it's, been, it's been a hell of a week. It's been a lot of news. It's been a lot of bad news. We did get some good news today with the economy, which was great. But i got to be honest with you. I think Monday, when we come back Monday for Monday's show, I don't think we're going to have the best news over the weekend. I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. But I don't know about that, man. I just don't know about it anymore. But anyway, guys, it is Friday. Go have a blast. Have a good time. Um, we will see you on Monday. Be sure to go to telegraphlocal.com for all of your news. Get the real stuff, get the real facts, understand what's really going on. Please do that so you can make intelligent decisions no matter what political party or what color your skin is. Please do that. We'll be back again on Monday. Thanks again, guys, for listening to Telegraph Local's new podcast, Unredacted. Have an amazing weekend. Be safe out there.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.